is the Big Church Podcast. Which do you use the most? The magnifying glass or the mirror? Last week, Pastor Rich asked us at communion to examine ourselves. And he shared a scripture that said, if we will judge ourselves, nobody, we would not need to be judged. If we would look in the mirror, nobody else is going to use this on us. I want to preach a message today titled, Put Down the Magnifying Glass and Pick Up the Mirror. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, God, and we just come to you humbly today. We're asking you to give us the strength because we're weak when it comes to the magnifying glass. We're weak when it comes to the mirror. And God, I just pray today that you help us to look at ourselves and not look to our neighbor. God, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would offend our hearts so that you change our mind and change our actions today, God. We want to look more like your son, Jesus. We want to love people back to life and not judge people. So would you speak through me and give me your words in Jesus' name? Well, let's jump right into scripture. We're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will not, you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a daggone log in your eye? I could hear Jesus saying that. Come on now. Come on. Let. Okay, sorry, I lost my place. When you can't see past the log in your own eye, hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, I love reading scripture from the message version because it's our everyday language. So listen to it in the message Bible. Don't pick on people. Jump on the failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical, I need to quit looking up. <laughs> that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you? When your own face is distorted by contempt, it's the whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall also reap. You guys, I could shut my iPad right now and drop the mic and we could all go home. Because God's word is very clear on how we are to act. 
But I do want to share some thoughts with you today that I believe is going to challenge every single one of us. I typically, when I preach, I I use the word you a lot so that you're looking at yourself. But today, because I look at myself before I bring any word. You know, they say if you preach from your own weaknesses, you'll never run out of material. I believe it. Okay? (laughs) But um, I want to challenge us today. You, me, all of us. And uh, because I'm better. Church, we've got to do better. Would you all agree with that? We have got to do better. This week, uh, I was sitting and having a conversation with someone, and they made a comment to me that said, church people are mean. And instantly, I wanted to get up and defend that, no, church people aren't mean. And I, I took a moment, and I was like, you're right. Church people are mean. And after we parted ways, I began to think about that phrase. And I was like, wow, that goes with what I'm speaking about on Sunday so much. And I began to literally cry real tears because we're giving Jesus a bad name because we're mean. And it broke my heart. Jesus is getting the bad rep, and we know that he loves everyone. We forget when we pick up the magnifying glass that he died for us and he loved us in our mess. Anybody else ever been a mess, or is it just me? Okay, well, a few of you have been a mess too. I believe that you're guilty, I'm guilty, we're all guilty. And in the process of using the magnifying glass instead of the mirror, we end up hurting people and pushing them away from the one that loves them no matter what. Jesus will love people all the way to hell. He never gives up on us. Can we agree today to learn and grow and be a little bit better. I don't want you today to be hearers of this word and go, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's for that person. No, I want you to hear this word today, own it in your heart and your mind, and let's become doers of the word, okay? Okay. A magnifying glass is used to make things bigger. Whoa, you guys are gigantic out there. My face is gigantic when you look at me, right? That's one of the uses of a magnifying glass. When we can't see anything, we put, um, that's what readers are. They're magnifying glasses for once you get like 29 or something, and then you need to look down. Uh, That's what readers do. It magnifies. And but God, do you guys ever magnified something very small in your life until it got so big? So big. Bigger than it should have been. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to take that one little thing, that one little mess up, that one little thought, and he wants to grow it so big that it throws you off course or it stops you in the call and the way that God wants you to go. Your simple thoughts, your mess-ups, that hurt can seem so big. And you guys, it's on purpose. The devil does it on purpose. It says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we destroy arguments and 
every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We have to make every thought be obedient to Jesus. If what we're thinking isn't what he's thinking or what he's saying, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to make that thought obedient to Christ. You know, but we want to own it. We want to listen to what the world has to say about it. We want to ask our friend's opinion about what we're feeling or thinking. But the Bible says we make it obedient to Christ. A magnifying glass is also used to set a fire. How many of you have ever done that? (laughs) You've set leaves or paper on fire. Well, I remember a summer day. And I can't remember if it was my brother or my cousin. I think it was my brother. (laughs) But there was a bug sitting still on the sidewalk. And he took the magnifying glass. It's probably Uncle Todd, wasn't it? (laughs) He took the magnifying glass and he lit the bug on fire. Now, I know that's gruesome, but isn't that what we do? with the magnifying glass. We pinpoint it on something for so long so that whatever is being said is pinpointed right on that thing until it combusts or it catches fire. We do it with people. We do it with situations. We do it. And in that process, we take their little mistake and we catch it on fire for the whole world to see. What if we use the magnifying glass in a positive manner instead of a negative manner? What if we took the magnifying glass and put it on prayer? We're going to magnify the good. We're going to be asking God to do the big and not using it to destroy. We get to choose, you guys, whether we're labeled mean Christians or not. By our actions, by our fruit, people choose what they think about us. And sadly, they choose what they think about the Lord in the process. When a mirror, you guys, uh, is used to reflect an image... When we look in the mirror, right, it shows us when our eye makeup is darker on one side than the other. It shows us if we've got a hair out of a place, unless you're Pastor Ridge. It, we look in. I've never done that to him. He does it to me every Sunday. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, we look in the full-size mirror and go, ugh, that outfit, it doesn't match. This hangs wrong, whatever. Some of us look in the mirror and nitpick ourselves to death. That is not what God wants. We also look in the mirror and go, oh, my goodness, I ate too many carbs on Thanksgiving because I got a big old winter tube right now, right? I saw some hands. Thank you for that. Uh, but a mirror... Let's us see our own lives. It's why we need to put down the magnifying glass so we're not magnifying everybody else and look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, I need to look at my own life right now. 
A mirror on the side of a car, you know, these, I, I think they're called side mirrors. If not, that's what I call them. Uh, and the, these are used to catch blind spots. We look there to see if a car is coming so that we avoid a crash with somebody coming up next to us. And there are times in our life where we have blind spots. And even though we're looking in the mirror and we're saying, God, will you show me about me? We're so blinded by our actions and our words and the things that we're doing that we can't see it. That's why it's important to have friends that you trust to be the mirror for you. Recently, I was struggling after going through a really rough season. And I asked some of my friends, like, because I don't believe when you're in a situation, it's two people. It's two groups of people. It's two situations. There's always this side and that side, right? And so I sat down with a friend, Melissa, and I said, listen, there is something in me I know. Would you be the mirror and tell me? I didn't use the word mirror, but that's I'm using it today. Would you point out what it is? And she knows I trust her. And I know she's not trying to destroy me, but she's coming to me in love, trying to help me be a sheer Christian, a better wife, a better pastor, a better friend. And she shared something. And I took it to heart. I used what she said to make me better and not bitter. And I want to challenge you guys today that that's what it is. If we do things in love and not with this, it is to make us better. You see, if we want to get better, we can't get better. And it's called spiritual maturity. It's called spiritual maturity. When we don't get offended, when... People speak the truth in love. I call that hashtag goals. When I've got friends in my life that want to tell me to help me be better, that's goals. The last thing a mirror does is it reflects light. Sorry if I blinded anybody right then. The light we should want to reflect is Jesus. Jesus loves us where we are. He encourages us and empowers us, and he challenges us to do and be better. But when we're hurt, when we're angry, when we're full of pride and we can't take our eyes off of ourselves, we tend to pick up the magnifying glass to use on everybody else when we want them to be using the mirror on themselves. Let me... See something in me that I have to work on. And sometimes, you guys, I know that we want to do this, and it is the other person, okay? I'm letting you all off the hook. Sometimes it really is the other person, and that's okay. But even when it's the other person, there's something about you. And so if in every situation we look at it and go, how can I be better? How can I fail forward to success? Because we don't fail. Failure's not final. 
unless we choose it to be. Let's talk about Kanye and Bieber and all the athletes that are coming out and, and, and saying they, they, they're living a life for Jesus now. I want to make this call way up front. I'm a wee bit weary of Jesus followers questioning whether it's real or not. Jesus didn't question if your salvation was real. And I know I'm not talking to anybody in our church. I really don't believe that. But if I am, if you have said silly things like that, let me be a mirror to you today. It is not okay to pass that kind of judgment on somebody else. Only God gets to judge that. Because we don't know if it's for real or not. But what we can do is we can pray for these people and say, God, they've got a gigantic platform. Use them, Lord. Protect them, Lord. Keep them from falling and failing because I can promise you, and what I hate, it's the Christians that have the magnifying glass out right now. Oh, look what they did. Oh, can you believe he was calling himself Yeezy and now he's a Jesus follower? Really? Really? Come on. Let's love people back to life. When we say silly things, judge like that, we're expecting people to be perfect. Then, when we're saying things like that, we're going to get it right back. Because let's go back to Galatians 6, 7. What a man sows, he's going to reap. And it may not be instant, but one day, it's going to boomerang right back to you. That's why we've got to put down this magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. I look in the mirror set a lot and say, not for that reason. <laughs> I look in the mirror a lot and say, thank you, Jesus, that you didn't give up on me. Thank you, Jesus, that you let me fall down and get back up. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not under your magnifying glass, that you love me. You're madly in love with me. You're not mad at me, but you're looking for me to be a better person. Church, as I said before, and I will say it until the day I die, we are a church the way, the, the, the reason we're a church the way that we're a church, the reason that we're a church like we are is because I've been there. I've been there. I've been the mess. I'm a real person just like every single one of you. I have real problems, but I know the real solution, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so I am not going to throw shade on anybody. Let's talk about the church. We, I promise you today, write it down. We are not a perfect church. We are not perfect pastors. Look in the mirror. You're not perfect either. I want us to drop all the nitpicking, all the backstabbing, all the gossip, and let us be the church. We're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. But we're going to love each other because we're family, and family is messy. This weekend, a couple of my boys got into an argument. It didn't get ugly or anything. 
not too ugly. But they were arguing over tax stuff and not just silly stuff, silly, silly, okay? So they were arguing, and what ended up happening at the end is they're still for each other. They're not against each other. They love one another. But why in the church that we get upset and we want to be so mad at somebody and talk for so long that it ends up hurting people? I know I'm not talking to big church. It is so healthy in our church right now. It feels so good. But I know I am talking to the capital C church and we've got to do better. Today, can everybody do this? Wave to me with your pinkies. You might put them down in a minute, but keep them up right now. Can we pinky promise today that we're not going to look at others with the magnifying glass, but we'll look at ourselves in the mirror? That we aren't going to, okay, everybody, is everybody's pinkies still up? Throw your pinkies up. Like you don't care, throw them in the air like you don't care. Okay. <laughs> we're going to pinky promise that we're not doing that. Thank you for that. Jesus thanks you for that. We're going to pinky promise that we aren't going to think the worst. But if a situation arises where we're hurt or we're confused, we're going to pray for the best and not think the worst. We're going to have a conversation so that bitterness doesn't set in in our, in our heart. We're going to pinky promise that we won't be a part of the problem, but a part of the solution. I'm telling you, uh, people come to me and go, and they complain to me. And I was like, okay, so how can we fix that? I am a problem solver. I'm not, I don't want to hear complaints. Let's fix the problem. Let's pinky promise that we will not jump to conclusions that are negative, but remember the positives and believe the best about a person or our church. You see, when we put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror, we can make a difference. Let's talk about people in the Bible. There was a woman that was, went to a well, and Jesus came to the well. And there, he told her everything about her life. He said, hey, so you've been married five times, and the man you're shacking up with, he's not even your husband. And she's like, oh, how'd you know that? You must be a prophet. And uh, then he went on to say, if you never want to thirst again, you can drink from this water. And she said, how's that going to work? And he was like, it's living water. And when she drank that water, she was no longer thirsty for a man's opinion. She wasn't thirsty for a man to fulfill her. She looked to the one, the only one that could fill her, and that was Jesus. And she went back into her city, and she became a revivalist. Let's talk about the woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees were like, Jesus, she was sleeping around. Get her. The, the law says let's stone her. And Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the sand. And he stood back up and he says, you, without sin, cast the first stone. And they all walked away. 
And Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. See, there's responsibility. When there's love, there's responsibility backed up. God, Jesus says, do, uh, you're forgiven, but don't go back and do it again. What about Zacchaeus? He was the chief tax collector. He was a thief. He stole from poor people, and he stole from everybody. And he heard that Jesus was coming into town. He was short and couldn't see Jesus through the crowd, so he climbed up a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And, and here, he got up there, and Jesus saw Zacchaeus, and he said, Zacchaeus, come here. I'm going to your house today. And all of the Pharisees and all the judgmental people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's a sinner. He's a thief. And Jesus was like, I'm going to your house today. And he sat down with him and through love changed Zacchaeus' life. Because Zacchaeus said, I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And I'm going to pay back every single person that I stole from four times. Love changes things. Jesus changes everything. And don't even get me started on Peter or we'll be here all day. So what if we commit today to love each other enough not to give up, not to gossip, not to uh, disagree with somebody so much that we walk away from relationship. What if we call each other higher? And what if we put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror? Can we today, you already pinky promised me, so today... I want us to begin being the mirror to our church so God can use us to love Louisville back to life. I want us to go, hey, bro, put down the magnifying glass. Hey, sis, you really should be picking up the mirror right now. If you, Pinky promised me today, as they dim the lights and we begin to go into worship, I want you to make a decision that you're going to do that. And I know we're going to fail and we're going to mess up and we're going to fail forward to success. But if you want your life to be different, if you want to be a person that puts down the magnifying glass and picks up the mirror as a prophetic picture to your future, I want you to make your way up here with their going. I'm serious. I don't want you sitting back there going, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Of course you can't do it. That's why we need Jesus. And I want us as a family to make a commitment this Thanksgiving weekend that we're going to be family and we're going to be family forever. So would you join me? We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.